Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, the party has dove deep into the tunnels under the Bloody Fist, intent on clearing them out of monsters and finding a hidden stash of weapons rumored to have been left behind by the Old Thieves Guild. After fighting through a variety of creatures, they find a halfling named Joster Tealeaf, who indicates that there may be more going on in these tunnels than just monsters and treasure. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obo Crazy, and we are recording on a non-standard day. It's actually the morning for me. So at the moment, I am not drinking anything alcoholic. I just have orange juice, and I'll be switching over to water. And then depending on if we record more today, which, you know, hey, a little behind the scenes for all of you, I, I might have alcohol later in the day. But for the moment, I'm just OJing it up because it's still kind of early in the morning for me. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Uh, the Viceroy's choice this evening is something that I have to be considered careful about, seeing as how it is still daytime here. It is Macallan 12. A special recording day calls for a special drink. However, I'll probably be only be taking drinks from this when we roll actual natural 20s. Fair enough. Speaking of rolling natural 20s and taking special sips, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Mm. Oh, God. Oh, I caught you. I caught you. You got me. I caught you. You caught him eating. <laughs> That's all right. You know what? The thing is, it's like, it's like you watch Critical Role, and that show, as successful as it is, every single time they're eating dinner. Every, yeah. All the time. Hey, you know, sometimes you, you got to eat and food. And, and you know what? D&D has a very long history of snacking while playing. So. Salty snacks. Totally Salty okay. Snacks. Yep. And uh, I am Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Uh, today, because it's not tonight yet, as Obo said, I am drinking a new cocktail. It Ooh. is, I call this conventional coffee, because on the third or fourth day of a convention, when you're tired of your standard cocktails, you tend to mix something up and a grog tends to form. And this is sort of dedicated to uh, some of the more interesting uh, concoctions I've had at, uh, at RT Philly, at RTX. So this is coffee with a little bit of fireball, some Irish cream, and some whipped vodka. I was worried. This is really fucking good. Ooh, that does that sound sounds really, really good. good. Uh, okay, so this may be too much information, but what kind of coffee is it? What brand? McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I am less enthused. Ba, 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 ba. I, I'm loving I'm it. I'm getting it. sued. And okay, and since it's uh, since it is a a weird recording day, uh, RT uh, Rooster Teeth's extra live stream happens to be going on, and one of yes. the punishments that they have for their wheel of vengeance is the Tour de Franzia, where a group of people take turns drinking a Franzia wine bag because it's removed from the box. That's the most college thing. Oh. It, it pretty oh. much is. So I wanted to pay tribute to that today because Extra Life is awesome. And I've gotten the next best thing. I've gotten a pack of Sutter Home uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, the little, the little tiny bottles. And I will drink one upon the first casting of Fireball, the entire one. 
It's red wine, too, so you're going to be drinking room temperature wine red at wine. a chug. As soon as I cast Fireball. And that's not going to that's not gonna uh, deter me from casting Fireball. And today's special Fireball drink is dedicated to one of our listeners, Kate Kabbalah, uh, a.k.a. Ophelia Five Winds. I think that's supposed to be Ophelia Swims. But uh, thank you so much for listening to us. To, uh, she is a wonderful friend of Jules and a wonderful fan of ours. So, Kate, thank you so much. John, would you call your wine your stutter home companion? <sighs> oh, that's how you tell. It was a bad one. That joke, ah. was, abo- that joke was above average. <laughs> was it, though? Was it? What are you Dungeon drinking? Drugs. Let us just move on as quickly as possible. Tell me what you're drinking. Because it's a morning session. Uh, it's not quite as early as it is for Oboe, but I do have a chai, hot chai latte from the bakery down the street from me. And it is delicious. Is it a dirty chai? No, I'm not a big coffee drinker, so it's just regular chai. Ah. Uh, yeah, I do kind of like... Uh, chai is amazing, but I do kind of like adding all kinds of caffeine When I it. was doing the overnights on the feature, yes, I was getting dirty chais. But now that I'm back to a normal person schedule... Yay! Yeah, and so to for those listeners at home, I am on the West Coast, and the vast majority of my wonderful players are East to Central Coast. So I'm several hours behind. So while they're having lunch, I'm still having breakfast, which is why I'm not drinking. But who might be is Bernie. What are you drinking? Hi, I'm Jules, and I play Bernice Cuburns, and I've probably got the most liquor of all of you. Yay! <laughs> I, if, Bernie most, wins. if you listen regularly, you know I normally drink beer, but today I have, I don't know what to call it. Maybe I'll let Roblox, like, Jonathan Magmuscular can help me name my drink because he's a good drink namer. Um, so it is a mix of cranberry cider and ginger ale and rum, dark rum. And it's in my Hamilton sippy cup and it's very pretty. <laughs> and <laughs> I kind of felt like calling it a like something like a poppy because it's Remembrance Day, but then I was like, no, that's not appropriate. It is that is an appropriate color, though. Should we all stand up at eleven eleven? It is also Veterans Day. Yeah, no, we went to the the stuff this morning. We went out, we walked um, down to the memorial and watched some of the the Remembrance Day commemorations. It was really really interesting. It's um it's always interesting to see like a holiday that you didn't grow up celebrating, like celebrated in another country. So. It was, like, really interested, and it was, like, they have their brand-new governor general, who – I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the governor general of Canada is also the uh, commander-in-chief of the armed forces. And this woman is – I would highly suggest that everybody look her up because she'll make you feel completely inadequate, but she's also an astronaut. <laughs> and oh, I think Jesus. she has, like – Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. No, this will not – this is this is what we want. I want the yeah. person who is in charge of a military who is in a high position of office to be a badass. Yeah, she is a badass. She's, like, I've never – like, if you looked at her resume, like, you would – like, and you think of, like, what the governor general does, you're like, oh, shit, she is totally – the one who should be doing this job. And so she was there. It was really cool. But yeah, so it was like, it was really interesting to see and like go up to parliament and go to the war memorial. And there was like a parade and there were lots of veterans there from like about like all the wars where there are veterans who are still alive. And then we got poke bowls. Well, and then you, sh- <laughs> you should name your drink after the governor general of Canada, Julie Payette. Ooh, Ooh I can. Yeah, this is a Julie. This is a Julie. The only Julie that I like. Cheers. <laughs> you know what? Cheers to her. Cheers. And cheers, cheers to, to our the veterans. Governor General. 
And cheers to the Governor General yeah. and and She's a cheers boss. to all of our veterans in all countries. We can just call mm. this drink the boss bitch, because that's what she is. <laughs> <laughs> I she love is it. In fucking I charge. I prefer badass, but it's your okay. drink. It's been a little while since we've jumped back into the regular game because we've been playing our Halloween special for a while, which was fantastic. But that's why I gave a little bit more of a, a back back to your regular game thing. The Halloween special will eventually have happened in future canon. <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll happen. I'll let you know when it happens and you'll get experience for it. That's what we've decided. Meanwhile, as I told you guys in our recap, you're still in the tunnels under the bloody fist. You've just rescued slash discovered, depending on who is telling the story, Joster Tealeaf, the halfling who seems to be connected at some in some way to the Thieves Guild, to the, the Moon Pick, and uh, you guys had decided to perhaps extricate yourself and go back up into the light of day instead of going down deeper. Yeah. Uh, for a variety of reasons, some being that many of you are out of spells. Also, Joster seems to be in, in a little bit of a rough shape. And he, but he has said, I'm willing to follow you wherever you're going. So you, you let me know. I'll, I'll, I can, I can do what I can. I'm not, not in the best of shape, but I certainly know about some of these tunnels and uh, I would rather get out of here if, if you're heading in that direction. Yeah. Well, Joster, I think how would yeah. you say, well, I was going to say, how would you say about like holing up in this room for another eight hours? And then that way we can be refreshed to go in either direction. Well, I mean, I'm already, I've already been here many, many hours. I mean, and you take a whiff and you like, Do a there's a check. corner. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, you don't need to actually roll. You like, he has done his best to not be completely an animal in here, but it's obvious he has been here probably for at least a day, maybe more considering the state of the room and the state that he is in. And he says, if you've cleared out everything that's already going on, I, I would rather get out of here. I mean, how far away is is the, you said you came in through the tunnels under the bloody fist. How far away is that? That's an incredibly good question, Joster. Sometimes when it's dark, you get a little turned around. And sometimes hours feel like weeks or months. But the great thing is, is our friend here, the very muscular one that's not me, has a perfect memory. Perfect memory! So perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a bit. Tell you what, let's go up, we'll get a room at, at an inn, and then we will, we will carouse for a bit, we'll unwind, and then we can decide what we want to do from there. Maybe even a merry old inn beneath an old gray hill, hey. Jonathan, <laughs> uh, your perfect... Your perfect memory would let you know that while it's been several hours that you've been down here, including a, a short rest that you've already taken, you you explored a couple of offshoot rooms, you were taking your time, you were doing a lot of sneaking. The trip back, you surmise if you don't run into any trouble that you could probably get back relatively quickly. You could do a straight shot back to the stairs leading up to the Bloody Fist probably in about 45 minutes Considering you know the way and considering you don't know if, if anything has re-inhabited behind you, but you do know that for sure. 
It's a yeah, big let's, old get, if. let's get out of here before everything respawns. I don't know what that means, but it's it's a thing. Let's let's there let's was go. this well, and there was evil creatures crawling out of it, and I would want to get out of here before even more evil creatures crawl out of and, it. Oh, and yeah. if we get back up to the surface, I do want to stop by the uh, the Watchful Order just because I think that portal tunnel thing that Bucks and Carlton found were it, it's worth reporting right away. And I also have somewhere I need to stop when we go back up the surface so we could do that. Do we want to proceed stealthily? Do we want to super, super stealth? We super stealthed once. I think it's probably a good idea if we want to get out of here quicker rather than and not run into anything else. All right. Last spell slot is gone. <laughs> Pass without trace is cast on the party, its animals, and our new friend? Compatriot. Like that question mark? I, I put at the end of it. Jasser looks at you. He's he's a little disheveled, uh, especially having obviously been here for a while. He is, um, but he grins at you and he says, "Listen, as long as we're working to try to get each other out of here, I consider you a friend, especially if you're going to be casting spells like that." And he darts over to the door and kind of peeks out and says, "I I can do my best to scout on ahead if you can tell me where to go. I'm I'm pretty sneaky myself if I say so." Oh, Are yeah, you? sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good to Bernie. <laughs> He's small, so... Yeah. He is very small. All right, Jonathan, are you going to give him basically... A, he, he looks at you and says, well, give me give me the layout, give me the directions, and I'll I'll go on ahead and kind of do a little bit of scouting for you. Absolutely. So I, I like... I if, if there's not sand to make a sand table, I'll kind of like... I'll get out one of my spare inks and, and pieces of paper... Or I'll borrow one from Bernie and and draw out like a rough sketch of the of the area. Be Bernie like, okay, gives you for that task pink. Excellent. Joster seems super happy with pink. I in pink, I lay everything out in pink, and I put a couple of uh, happy faces where we didn't run into anyone, and a couple of sad faces where we had to kill stuff. A little bit okay. of like blood drops. <laughs> in pink so it's happy blood alright so yeah you lay out uh, going back into the room that had kind of the destroyed library through the rough hewn tunnels where you had fought the the flaming skull and the minotaur skeletons back down the long hallway past where the, the well was back through where the destroyed barracks was through more winding tunnels where you first fought the flaming skulls and the zombies and then finally where those stairs are kind of indicated Indicating in in rough ways where there was some other places that you had explored, but were just offshoots. He takes a really long look at it. Jonathan, you get the sense, like you're familiar with the look he's giving this map. Like when you are committing something to your memory, he's giving it that same look. And he nods and hands it back to you and says, all right, I'll only be about 30, 40 feet in front of you, but I'll, I'll keep an eye out. And he is going to dart out the door and he's not nearly as stealthy as he thinks i, I as he darts i'm like bucks follow him close okay it's worth noting that at that distance he's outside the range of pass that tracer i don't know how it works like he cast within oh. 30 feet of you yeah oh so yeah you gotta to stay within 30 feet to, oh, no, to go. so he's gonna stay he's gonna stay within 30 feet okay he, okay he seems when you tell him what you're doing he seems familiar with this this spell and so yeah he stays like 30 feet in front of you and then every once in a while maybe like goes five feet but then comes back and he's going to uh lead you back down the way you came 
Um, the only moment that seems to be a little nerve-wracking is when you guys are passing back by the room that has the, um, the well in it that had that portal. He takes a moment and kind of peers inside and then looks back at where you guys are and darts back and says, Did you say that you'd put a whole bunch of beds on top of the well? Yes. Yeah, we did yeah. that. <laughs> okay. I don't like the way yeah. you said that. Well, I don't I don't like what I'm looking at. And he points around the corner and you can see that the the beds that you placed on top of the well, most of them have either fallen or broken off as though something has come through or some large gust of wind, maybe. Something has forced the beds off the well. They've scattered throughout the room and a lot of them are broken. And it's a little hard to tell whether it's something came through or just the wind or that these beds were, you know, moldy and decrepit and ready to fall apart anyway. But he does he does point to that and says, oh, you better be very, very careful. Did you want to keep going back? Oh yeah, let's 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 continue as cloaked as we can be. Yeah, and I'm gonna try to keep an eye on our six now that I know the Am beds. I rolling like shit. Well, fortunately, he's not the quietest rogue you've ever seen, but between between passive on the trace and kind of his natural skills, you can tell he's hurt. And so he seems to not be doing a very good job of staying quiet, but he's certainly being very quiet. Uh, but you guys actually, without a problem, make it back to the main stairway, wind your way back up the, the switchback stairs that lead up to the basement of the Bloody Fist. And uh, once you get to the basement, you can see the rope ladder that Brun had laid on down. And as you're climbing on up, making making some good noise to warn him like he had asked you to do, he comes on over and says, ah, you've been gone a little, little while. What'd you find? And then... He lays eyes on uh, Joster and says, Ah, oh, I guess I should have asked who you found. Oh, uh, yeah, we picked up a stray, apparently. This is our new friend. And Joster comes on over uh, to shake his hand and says, Ah, oh, it's nice to meet you. I've heard about this place. Uh, Joster Tealeaf. I, I, I think we might have a few mutual acquaintances in Solana. And Brun and him share a... Ah, oh, look. And he says, Oh, all right. What were you doing down there? And Joster says, Oh, it's a long story. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you later. Well, you said and he looks back at you guys and he says, You said you guys had some rooms in an in an inn and we had some things that we wanted to discuss. Yeah, uh, yeah where yeah. are we staying? Oh uh, that place. Yeah, well <laughs> actually are there rooms here? Can we just stay here? This is Uh this is an armorer. Yeah. Oh he's a weaponsmith and an armorer. I thought there this no was rooms. an inn. Nope, I spent he... weeks thinking that this was an inn <laughs> called the Bloody Fist. Because oh, that it's... sounds like a medieval inn name. But it could also be an armor. Armor. I have that. And in this I, case, I see that. it's an armor. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> you All right. guys had been staying uh, at the Golden Rock Tavern. That's uh, right. Where right. The Golden Griddle. Got it. The Golden Griddle. Well, Joster, why don't you meet us at the Golden Rock Tavern in a few hours? Uh, you know, go say hello to your loved ones, clean up, and we'll meet and discuss later tonight. All and right, we can have good. some pancakes. They Late serve night breakfast pancakes. 24 hours there. I do love a good pancake. He looks out the windows in the front of the shop, and you can see that it's it's after 
lunch. It's like mid-afternoon. So you guys were down there all morning and, and some of the afternoon kind of crawling through these tunnels. And he says, uh, yeah, no, that sounds good. I've got, I've got a few people I've got to check in with. I've got a couple things that I should do. First, you were gone for a few days. People were probably worried, you know? Your yeah. mother's probably worried about you. Ah, uh, rest her soul. She's always been worried about me. But now I got some friends I got to go talk to, and I need a shower. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll meet you up, uh, Golden Rock Tavern. I know where that is. I'll, I'll I'll come find you guys for dinner. Sounds good. And he darts off towards the door. All right. Well, uh, I would like a shower as well. So friends, uh, I will. I don't have any spells. So let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, Bernie. Bucks go with Bernie. Okay. <laughs> Bucks obediently flies on over and lands on Bernie's shoulder. And if you need me, I'm going to be at the uh, Alabaster Lyceum. And uh, that's... No, you're that's... not. Well, oh. you're going to be at the one that's the thing I licked. That belongs. Isn't that that? The, the, what's the, the... Amethyst Acropolis? Amethyst Acropolis. God fucking damn it! The Alabaster Lyceum is a completely different D&D game. I... God <laughs> fucking... It is. I'm getting that. It is fucking hell. All right. I've been, right. I've been living in other universes for too long. I um, will go and get the party some ginkgo biloba. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go to the uh, Amethyst Acropolis. That's an Amethyst Acropolis. Okay. All right. So Jonathan is heading off to the Amethyst Acropolis. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, I guess Bernie's going to go shower because I think she's rescheduled because she was supposed to go have lunch with that old lady. And yeah, you guys left a cake for her in a note saying that I'm really sorry, but we can't. Yeah. We so can't have lunch with you because I need to go uh, kill some dungeon zombies. diving. Yeah. So Bernie's right. going to go take a bath. Coco's going right. to hang out up outside, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't come down with us. Yes. He didn't come he down stayed. the ladder. Yeah, so he's he's back with you. So he's chill. Okay. I'll pet Carlton, Coco's how food. about you? What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to turn to one of our dwarf friends here, and I'll be like, uh, so do you know a good place where uh, I could get some ink? Ink? Yeah, mm. like for my body. Oh, oh. I like a tattoo. Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, not really. But yeah, there's a couple of those in town. Are you looking just for artsy fartsy stuff, or are you looking for those crazy magical ones? Both. Well, uh, if your friend is going over to the big. Am- amethyst thing in the sky. That's that's where you want to ask about getting those magic fartsy tattoos and any of the people to do the magic ones will also do just the the regular artsy fartsy ones john john well well john well i'll come with you oh, oh okay. get a fart tattooed on his body <laughs> <laughs> all right and travancore how about you travancore even though he has no more advanced like second level spell slots left he wants to try his hand at tailing our our new friend like trying to stalk him a little bit to see what he's up to and to get an idea because you know he's very interested about what he had to say about the kingdom of Arcanum, but he doesn't want to tip his hat too much so he's thinking him and shadow are going to try to like tail this guy from a from a distance once he goes and does whatever he's going to do you're going to shadow him excellent yeah for lack of a better word is, and is Shadow coming with you during the shadowing? No. Shadow's going to head right back to the tavern. So you're okay. shadowing, but you're not actually bringing Shadow for the shadowing. That's right. And now we're okay. caught up. <laughs> and, and now that all of the shadows <laughs> have been taken care of. Okay. So Bernie, Bernie, Bucks, and Shadow head back to the tavern to go take a shower and relax. 
Jonathan and Carlton, let's start with you. You guys head on over to the Watchful Order, and Razzo, as normal, is at the bottom taking care of office duties, and he looks up and, oh, Jonathan, it is good to see you. Hello, what? Razzo. I just I just saw you a little while ago. Ooh, you, you look a little rough. Did you get into, was there something wrong? Yes, we were clearing out an area underneath the Bloody Fist, and that's actually why I'm here. I need to talk to Erasic as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, do, do you want to just go on up on your own, or do you want me to bring him on down? Because your your friend can't go in. Oh, I'm actually know. here to see you. Yeah, so he can stay here with you, Ooh. and uh, and I'll go up and see Eras. Okay. I'm sorry, Master Zick. Master Zick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Decorum, because I'm a fucking newbie. You are Bye, you are still a newbie. Uh, you head on up, and Razo gives you Carlton a kill. So, and Razo asks you, Carlton. He says, "Oh, were you were you interested in joining the Watchful Order?" Oh no, I'm terrible at this stuff. But, but that's okay. Not everyone has to be a master uh, master arcanist in order to join. We are welcome to all those who practice. I heard that you would know where I could get a magical tattoo. Magical tattoo. Yeah, they can also apparently do regular ones, but if magic is on the board that I can pick from, I would like to see what kind of options they have, and if none pique my interest, I'll just get a regular plain old boring tattoo that's going to look awesome, but if there's a possibly be arcane, then I might as well get an arcane. Well, there's not a lot of people who do that kind of thing. Uh, the only one that I know of that is affiliated with the Amethyst Acropolis... Um, Let's see. Oh, actually, uh, Varel can do those. Um, Varel is the silent library master. She is the one that actually watches over our library of, of magic. And she works a lot with the inks and the, the parchment there. But she's also gotten into doing inking on people. I can definitely send her a message or we could have Jonathan. That, that'd probably be better if, if Jonathan sends her a message because she's, she's very busy. Okay. What kind of tattoo are you looking for? So, I don't know what type of arcane stuff, but the regular idea, which was going to be just the mundane one before the option of arcan, arcane was put on the table, was going to be a white wolf with blue eyes on the, my back with the names in two rows and three columns, and it'll be Bernie, Coco Snoot, Travancore Shadow, Jonathan Bucks. So that way, my pack always has my back. Ooh, sounds very artistic. I also know. sounds very large. That might take a little while. I got Ooh. money. Uh, money will be helpful. Money pays for the inks and everything. Okay, when, when your friend comes back down, I'll give... I'll have him pen a message to her. That's the best way to get in, in, in touch with her. Cause she's usually in the silent library. And I don't know if you know, but you can't speak in there. So uh, we'll send her a I message. I do know what the then... word silent means. I've been yelled at that for before. The, oh, yes, but this is, there's not even any yelling. This is all magical. Don't worry about it. When your friend comes back down, we'll make sure that that, that is all taken care of. And Excellent. what was her name again? Uh, her name is Varel Kalana. Varel Kalana. She's very sweet and quiet and kind of uh, perfect for, for her job. So we'll see what she can do. It, worst case scenario, she will know who to talk to. And I know that sounds like me telling you to go somewhere else, but she's the one to know about that. I, I trust your judgment. I don't usually do the tattoos. That's that's a little much in the way of body modification for me. And it's cool if I just like chill here in the lobby? 
Oh, yeah, that's that's just cool, fine. Cool. Go ahead and have a seat. You got some, like, magazines or something? I've got this pamphlet, and he holds out the pamphlet <laughs> that has the information about the Amethyst Acropolis. I kind of, like, find a nice comfy seat, sit cross-legged, and just wait for Jonathan reading the pamphlet. <laughs> you should look for where Bernie licked the Amethyst Acropolis in this pamphlet, and now it belongs to her. <laughs> the Bernie wing? The Bernie, the Bernie's Q Burns Amethyst, oh, fuck, Amethyst Acropolis. <laughs> the Bernie I mean, Ward. The Bernie Ward. There yeah, you go. that's what it is. All right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just got it. Yay. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Cheers to you. All right, Jonathan. Yes. You head upstairs through the teleportation circle, and you see Aras Zick there in his normal station watching over all of the teleportation circles. And he sees you, and he says, Jonathan, it is good to see you. Hello, Master Zick, and I and I bow uh, appropriately, and I say, uh, "I don't. I, is that is that what they do? Is that what one what a acolyte? I'm not even an acolyte of the Watchful Order would do to a superior." You're still a neonate, but you've done everything that you need except for the actual being with the the city guard for a week. Um, but it's. It's been a weird couple of days. Like, you've taken care of all of this stuff. You just took care of doing the enchanting part of your your education, of your initiation. So you think for a moment about how quickly everything has been going. And it, it's not unusual. Like, you doing that right away would be weird. So he, and, and obviously you just did this thing for a RAS a couple of days ago, of going out to Chult and taking care of that problem. Right. So when, when you bow to him you hear him chuckle a little bit and he says i appreciate the decorum but it is definitely not necessary in this case what questions do you have as you you've obviously come to ask me questions well uh i have a couple of things uh first and it's the more important matter we were just in a dungeon below the bloody fist. We encountered some undead there, a couple of flaming skulls and a variety of skeletons and a few drow. We rescued a a halfling named Joster Tealeaf. And I wait to see if that I wait a beat to see if that if he recognizes the name. He seems to still be waiting for you to okay. continue. And you can roll an insight if you'd like. Sure. We're, 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 we're all about rolling dice here. So let's roll a die. Sure. We like to roll dice here at Dungeon Doesn't Drums. seem to react. Uh, nine, so I, I don't think I see anything. He re- he doesn't react at Joster Tealeaf. He reacts a little bit at Flaming Skulls. Right. He gives the Era Coker version of a, a tiny little eyebrow raise, like, oh. Like One little feather little- goes up. Yeah, like the zombies didn't worry him, but the flaming skulls were were something. But he doesn't seem to react in any way to to Joster. And during our journey, aside from the killing monsters and stuff, we found a couple of items of interest. One was a weird necrotic gate that seemed to be holding bones in place and it was powered by necrotic energy we severed it uh so it's not functional anymore but it was very odd the other thing and the reason why i wanted to talk to you specifically was we found a well where there's a portal going somewhere uh we're not sure where we had sent our barbarian and my familiar down into it and they ended up in a vast desert with other portals in the sky and nearby they were barely able to make it back to us and we would have explored more but i felt like one we didn't have the resources at the time and two 
I felt like I should let you, the master of teleportation and and transit, know about something like that in uh, in close proximity. At this, Aras nods, and he does. He he seems a little worried, but mostly like he's recognizing what's going on. He says, "Ah, yes, you had found one of the tunnels into the Undermountain. There are there are many." Uh, most notably, the the yawning portal is the one that we take the most care over. But there are many th- throughout the city, some that we know of. This one is obviously new to us. How much do you know about the history of water? Let's, because Jonathan the person knows a bunch. Let's go ahead and, in, uh, history for Jonathan the Magic Muscular? Sure. He's from Neverwinter. He would know way more he about is. Neverwinter. Uh, that's going to be a 16. Okay, you you know a bit, but not a ton. Like you know more about the the political structure and the basic layout, and you do know that there are tunnels and caverns and caves reaching down way below Waterdeep. That it is an old old city built on top of another old city built on top of another old city. But that's kind of like general education knowledge. And Aras says, as you relay what you do know, Aras says yes. This complex of tunnels in the Undermountain has been inhabited by a variety of creatures over the years. Most notably, many years ago, a very powerful arcanist who created these portals that you have seen in wells, in walls. They were a way of not just transportation to other places outside of Waterdeep without having to surface, but also ways of bringing monsters and creatures in this was not a a gentleman who sought to control this was a chaotic gentleman who sought to bring death and destruction and protect what he had and in this labyrinth that we call the undermountain it sounds like it's one of those we've had to deal with these before they are difficult and dangerous to close i will consult with some of my uh, some of my masters and see if we can come up with something that's that sounds like it is too close to the surface to be ignored and if you i am interested in this sort of magic so if you need a intern or understudy and his non-magical buddies or non-arcanist buddies, I guess I should say, because they are most definitely magical, uh, then I would be happy to volunteer at least my services and hopefully hopefully the services of the rest of my gang. He cocks his head at you and says, you have yet to do your time with the City Watch. Is that correct, Neonate? That is correct. I've only done the enchanting part and uh, as, as part of my duties. And... All of the rest of All that, of the rest, I, yes, I understand. Yes. Yeah, that's see. Okay, let me consult with a few other masters, and I will get back to you tomorrow. And he kind of gives you an appraising look, like he's forming a plan. Uh, if it helps, my specialty is evocation, and I do love blowing stuff up. Uh, I'm looking to expand, but as of my current skill set, the blowy uppy uh, was my major in college. Blake, Blake. <laughs> that is that is good to know. Come back tomorrow once I have formulated some some thoughts and talked to a few people. Very good. And just as a more trivial sort of of thing that's really just between you and me, Aras. Um, there, I do need to make a trip 
in the very near future to a place called Greenest. Uh, I think yes. I've spoken to you about this before. Uh, we're, you have. We can't do it now uh, because we've got some other other things going on. But since it, I'm putting you at an at a at an imposition, it, whenever would be good for you would be. Uh, I think I can work out uh, with with my group if they want to go back as well. Well, we had we definitely talked about this and. Uh, that was a service that I had offered to you after you and your companions had grace graciously gone to help my people in Chult. It will be easy to teleport you to Greenest. That is a skill that will not take much effort. Getting you back, as I told you, was the more difficult part because Greenest at this moment does not have a teleportation circle. However, I have secured a an item to help with that. And certainly, once you are ready, I believe that you and your companions have gained enough trust for me to lend you this item. So you let me know when you are ready to go and how long you need to be there. And I will make sure this can happen. Aras, I appreciate it. And uh, I would I would expect it to be day after tomorrow if we're going to be if we're going to be talking about this uh the closing the portal but i will await your word on that and uh i will leave you to your duties thank you so much thank you and you head back downstairs uh i fist bump him i offer my fist for a fist bump since we're since we're beyond uh uh bows and such uh and i don't want to presume to handshake because i i don't know aracoca customs fist bumps though are very are universal language exactly and, and they're very bro-like, which I am trying to embrace the more bro side of JMM these days. He goes, like, you hold out your hand, and Aras, while he is an Aarakocra, he you know that he has been in Waterdeep and working with, with humans and other, other people for a very long time. So he's obviously very accustomed to everyone's customs. He holds out his clawed hand to shake your hand and in a very awkward moment almost grabs your fist to put your claw around <laughs> the fist and then pulls back for a moment and then nods to himself and then fist bumps you. Nice. nice. But there's that moment where he's like, uh, oh. It did, almost did and a Banner Thor kind of thing. Where... <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of. Like he appreciates the gesture, but there's that awkward moment of, oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. All right. Uh, you head back downstairs? I head back downstairs. Oh, hey, Jonathan. Jonathan. Yo. I need you to send a message to Varel Kalana. She's the master of the silent library. Yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who? Okay. Uh, why am I doing that? Because I'm not allowed to. Okay. Uh, why am I sending this message to this person for you? R- Razo speaks up and says, well, it's it's less that you're not allowed to and more that I think a message from someone inside of Amethyst Acropolis will get her attention much faster. It's apparently she's the one that they do the cool magical tattoos. Cool magical tattoos. Yeah, I want to get a tattoo. Oh, oh, OK. Did we talk about this on the way over here? No. OK. Um, all right. <laughs> With you now. Got it. <laughs> I love okay. the genuine surprise on your face. Like, that was an acting. That was actual Jonathan going, oh my god, I've missed giant amounts of this game. That's a moment it where was, character and player it, it melded into one. It was actually acting. <laughs> I'm getting better at this. Um, Razo pulls out a piece of paper and a quill and some ink and hands it over to you, Jonathan, and says... 
if you would like to compose the message, I'll make sure that it gets to her. But I figured coming from you, she she might be more willing to get to it quicker. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to com- write a note. Basically says, uh, I w- I'll write it up and then send it to you. While you're writing this note, let us switch over to Travancore, who is currently trying to tail Joster Tealeaf. So... Y- as all of you exit the bloody fist and uh, some people go in one direction, some people go in another, and you send Shadow off to go back to the the tavern, I would like Travancore you to Wait, roll Wait, am I a... an animal babysitter now? <laughs> no, I'm going to say Shadow knows better than to be like next to you. He's kind of following at a respectful 10 feet behind. I'm Steve. I am Steve from... From Stranger Things now. <laughs> I haven't seen season two. Don't spoil yeah, shit for no me. No spoilers. I haven't seen it either. It's not a spoiler. He's apparently a baby. You'll, you'll understand when you see it. It's fine. It doesn't. Someone, it's fine. Someone get me a bat. Moving on. <laughs> uh, I would say, Bernie, that you're more of a princess. You are a Disney princess with your with your. Animal retinue. Animal retinue. I hope I'm causing a lot of stares as we move through the streets of water. Deep. Oh, Let's hell just yeah. You on way. a dog with an owl being followed by a bear. Absolutely. And once you get to the inn, Shadow goes off to Travancore's room. Like, he doesn't follow you all the way. So, anyway, Travancore, I would love for you to roll a perception check as it's it was a, a like a minute or so before you guys left. So, 24. All right, you in the mid-afternoon of Waterdeep look around and you do see the bobbing head of your quarry. Joster is not running. He's not like booking it, but he is moving quickly through the crowd and he just goes down a a, a side street as you spot him. Okay, I'm going to tail from a respectable distance. I'm going to follow far away enough that he can't see me, but close enough that I won't lose him. Sure. Go ahead and roll a stealth check. Ooh, this is where Travancore shines. Even oh, question: Has it been forty-five? Has it been an hour since I cast Pass Without Trace? At this point, mm, it's getting close to it. But I'm gonna say no, since you guys uh, went straight from where because you cast it when you first left the room with Joster, and you guys went straight. It's been about. 45 50 minutes so you if you've been concentrating on it you still have about 10 minutes okay i make it a point to be 31 feet or more away from joster as well okay here we go uh let's add the bonus 31 okay you follow him down the hall you're a little more comfortable in the outdoors but certainly navigating those kind of wild environments is is helpful when navigating the urban environment. You follow him down a, a, a side street. He moves for the next five minutes through Waterdeep. And it's not like he's hiding. He's not trying to be sneaky or stealthy. He's moving quickly and with purpose. And he is he heads out of the main district. He heads back to some of the more residential areas and you see him ducking down a street that seems to mostly have older smaller houses this this is one of the the poorer areas of water deep and as we're getting towards the end of your pass without a trace i'd like you to make one more perception check and one more stealth check okay perception first 23 and stealth which i still get a pretty good bonus to even without pass without trace 
It's a normal one, right? Without the Pass Without a Trace? I'll say you still have Pass Without a Trace for this one more stealth check, because you're kind of at the end of the hour. Well, just as well. 20, not natural, which I needed, because that would have been real bad if I hadn't had Pass Without a Trace. Uh, fortunately for you, as Joster continues to weave through the city streets and is making his way, you you do now see... After having followed him through the tunnels and up and into the city, he's moving with some amount of speed, but he also seems to be hurt. He seems to be tired. It looks like he's moving with purpose because he wants to, like, collapse. Like, he's not limping or anything, but you could see every once in a while he kind of rubs, he rolls a shoulder or moves to hold his side. And you get the sense that the last couple of days have probably been pretty rough for him. He eventually gets to a fairly decrepit house, doesn't seem to be anything special about it that you can see, knocks on the door, and roll me one more perception check as you kind of wait and watch him. 25, but that's a natural 20. (laughs) Everybody drink. 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 Wow. Travancore is rolling as well as I am rolling poorly. I'm okay with that. Joster knocks on the door. But it is very clear to you this is not the knock of someone just knocking on a door. It's almost like Morse code. It's. So it's two knocks, and then a pause, and then a knock, and then a pause, and then three more knocks. And after he finishes this, this peculiar knocking pattern, there is a moment of pause, and then the door opens for him. Uh, You don't see anyone on the opposite side. The door opens just enough for him to walk on in. And you hear him greet somebody, but you can't quite hear who or what he says. You just hear him friendly greeting somebody and then the door closes. That's a lot of useful information there. I immediately remember what the order of the knock was so that Jack the player can write that down what it was. So 2K, pause, 1K, pause, 3K. Got it. <laughs> Two thousand knocks. A pause. One thousand knocks. No. Anyway, you are <laughs> you are standing there, kind of in this older section of Waterdeep, looking at this house. What would you like to do? I'm trying to see if that which window would be the one that I'd be able to get fairly close to to see what's going on without being spotted myself. Like get a good vantage point for what's going on inside there. You'll have to circle around the house. Go ahead and. Give me another stealth and perception check. And at this point, your Pass Without a Trace has run out. So just a straight stealth and perception check. Well, <laughs> good times keep on rolling, rolling. as it were. So That's 15, another? 15 Come for the perception, and then 26 for stealth. But again, natural 20, Erbot drink. Erbot drink! You disappeared. Drink. You just disappeared. I had a friend named Travancore one time. <laughs> but that is that has disappeared from my memory. I feel like none of us remember what you look like anymore. Jonathan's suddenly trying to picture Travancore, and he's like, mm. "Ah, yeah, oh. uh, d- mm. there was a dragonborn, right?" Bernie, Bernie's like brushing, <laughs> brushing, brushing Coco's new, and she looks up and sees Shadow, and she's like, "Who do you belong to?" I don't know. All right, Travancore, you make a circuit around this house. The windows that are facing the the street that this house is on, you you kind of casually walk on by and manage to look in and the front of this house, you don't see anything peculiar just looking in through the windows without being too obvious about it. It seems to be kind of a, a 
bare living room. There's a couple of chairs. You see a fireplace. You move around the house and basically you case the joint. You go all the way around. You do notice that the windows that are on the back side of the house, there's no real windows on the side. There's a couple on the back side. You do manage to get close enough to try to peer in but they seem to be blocked by something. Either there is a piece of furniture in the way, or there are curtains that are drawn that are dark curtains. Whatever it is, the the windows on the back side of the house that would be the ones that you could kind of peer in, there's no looking through them. Well, Which in itself is kind of suspicious. Got a lot of good intel here. Rather than press my luck, I'm actually going to head back to the... Uh... The Golden Griddle or whatever the place is called. Golden Rock Tavern. <laughs> no, it's yes. the Golden Griddle now forever. It's, it's... Lauren is well, lost actually, some of her control Gore over Cannon. Actually, on the way back. Golden Griddle really rolls off the tongue. If I were to invest in this business, perhaps I would change the name. <laughs> all right. You head on back and very quickly, all of you are back at what is officially called the Golden Rock Tavern, but is also known as the Golden Griddle. So you guys head on back, have a little bit of time before dinner to relax. And um, is there anything you want to do before, assumably, Joster is going to show up? Bernie, I'm going to tell you now I'm getting a tattoo before you yell at me for getting a tattoo. Oh. And I'm getting one, too. Okay. Um, wait. So I feel like you were going to yell at me if I just showed up with a tattoo without yes, telling you. Yes, I was. So I'm we telling have to you, talk get- about design and why and what's on it. You know, I've got some needles and some inks, and I could probably <laughs> just do it for you. <laughs> I'm going to get a stick and poke by Bernie. Yeah, I got all the colors. Why don't we all get, like, the really simple, like, abstract little tattoos from uh, Bernie? From Bernie. And then we can engage uh, Varel for maybe the more complex magical ones. Because I, you know, you you described Carlton your idea for yours, and it gave me an idea for mine. Cool. I want my left arm to be on fire. Nice fire. So uh, yeah, so I'm gonna get like flame patterns going up, like starting at my wrist and going all the way up. Are they gonna be blue? Are they gonna be blue or green? Yes. Both. Mostly blue, but they will have flecks of of orange and green, and maybe so some even green some flame. White. Some cool. green flame is going to be in there. <laughs> Travancore watches this exchange with great interest, but rather than participate, uses this opportunity to eat his apple tart, saving one bite for Shadow at the end. All right, you guys enjoy the apple tart. You uh, discuss your tattoo ideas. And as it gets around dinner time, the sun is starting to set because you it, it's early still. It's only around five o'clock, but it, winter has definitely set in. And as the sun goes down, as Gestock, the owner of the Golden Rock Tavern, starts serving. Breakfast for dinner, my good man. Waffles. Mm-hmm. All right, that it's going to take a little longer. All I've got prepared is stew. Waffles. All right, waffles for all the rest of you too. Waffles. Sure. That's not a all decision right. we're going to waffle on. Oh, I'm going to poison your waffles, and he wanders off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Bernie doesn't have any healing sp- slots left, and she's like, "Yeah," and she's like, "No, wait, I can't fix that." <laughs> As he wanders off and starts to prepare your your special order, um, I'd like all of you to roll perception checks. 
Oh, no. Ooh, I haven't done that in a while. Go, Bucks, go. <laughs> oh. Actually, well, nice. I, I only need the four of you. I don't need Bucks or Shadow oh, or okay. Cocos. Okay. Sorry. For reasons. So, Travancore. 21. And Jonathan? 19. And Bernie? 24. And Carlton? 14. I'm sketching my tattoo on a napkin. (laughs) (laughs) You are, but all of you actually notice all of this, because I'll say Carlton, like, you you get elbowed by Bernie, but you do all notice a couple of people enter the Golden Rock Tavern all at the same time. First, a tall, muscular woman with leather armor, um, long brown hair tied into an intricate into an intricate braid down her back, piercing brown eyes, um, dark leather leathery worn skin from being obviously out on 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 the road for a while, but with the air of royalty walks on in, and it's it's almost impossible to not notice Olivia Passerak as she walks on into the Golden Rock Tavern. She scans the assembly and Travancore, she locks eyes with you. And as she starts to move towards you from behind her, two more gentlemen enter. You see two gentlemen that you just saw a couple of hours ago, both Joster Tealeaf as well as Brun Millie, the dwarf that owns the Golden Rock Tavern, or not the Golden, the Brun Millie, the um, owner of the Bloody Fist comes walking on in. They walk in together, scan the room, see you guys, and start to walk on over. Bernie goes, Waffles for everyone! I make a beeline to Lady Passerac. Are you going to try to get to her before she gets to the table? Yes. Okay. <laughs> before Bernie embarrasses the shit. Well, you well, know, Bernie, says Bernie, this. <laughs> Bernie, I mean, we have our waffles here, but they have to iron some stuff out. Yeah, that's, those are going to be, Bernie, I'm going to do some constitution her, saving throws very yeah, quick. Bernie goes, <laughs> gonna happen. Bernie just sits there and hangs her head and she says, this is why we can't have a nice thing. All right, Travancore, you get to Olivia Passerac, but there's this awkward moment as the two of you meet in the middle of this um, establishment. And as she goes to speak from behind her, you hear Joster Tealeaf say, ah, Travancore, yes, we, we said that we were going to see you. And then he notices that you have locked eyes with Olivia Passerac and says, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Was uh, I see your friends over over there? Uh, I I'm not familiar with this fine lady." And Olivia Passerac just kind of looks at you. Chaster Tealeaf, Lady Olivia Passerac, Lady Olivia Passerac, Chaster Tealeaf. And she looks down at the halfling. She's she's a fairly tall human woman, and Joster is a halfling. But they, they kind of lock eyes, and she nods to him and looks back at you and says, I came because I got your message. Did you want to speak now, or were you busy? We can speak now. Joster, I'll be right with you. Why don't you join my friends over there? All right. And they they walk on over to the rest of you. Uh, Travancore, did you did you want to just stand here with Olivia Passerac, or were you gonna? Did you want to go somewhere else? Yeah. Um. If you want to talk somewhere where it's private, um, I have a I have a room upstairs. Wow. 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 <laughs> she nods to you and indicates and indicates to you to, to lead the way. Natural twenty. <laughs> the balls of Travancore. A, there. Make it do a pickup line roll. And, and she she looks back over at the rest of your companions and nods to you and says, it sounds good. Go ahead and lead the way. 
Okay. I go on upstairs. <laughs> Jonathan Jonathan leads over to Bernie and says, it's okay because she could totally kill him. <laughs> Bernie's going to grip you by like, like put her little tiny hand on your forearm and like go, this is everything we wanted to happen. <laughs> oh, yes. Wait a minute. What if she does try and kill him? I don't, <gasps> think, I don't think he can take her. That would be beautiful. Do you... Uh, do- so we should just, we should just see what happens. She looks over at Joster and she says, y- you look like a betting man. What odds would you give on our friend surviving this encounter in his bedroom? <laughs> so Joster and, and Brun have walked on over. They're a little. I think there's some bourbon maple syrup on these waffles. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jack. I'm so sorry. He looks. <laughs> like, Hold on, I have to look at Jack's friends. face. Oh my god, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to see. <laughs> oh my god, okay. All right, so Joster, oh. odds, let's have it. You are all very strange, uh, but, you know, whatever. Oh, sweetie. I, I don't know your friends, I don't, I don't know you well enough. I mean, you seem like capable people, and from what I've now heard, because I talked to a couple of people, you, you all seem like pretty powerful people, but I... Uh, Bernie's gonna lean in and smile she's at him. She's a noble woman. Yeah, she'll ki- she leans in and she goes, three to one, really. And she just smiles at him. I'll, I'll take those I odds. I don't know. So is that on Travancore dying or not dying? Jack the player would like to point out <laughs> there is a black bear in that room also. <laughs> Two to one? Well, if the bear okay, so is with there, that, we're gonna I go on up to Travancore. <laughs> as we'll, waffles we'll arrive, <laughs> yeah, Travancore, you you head on upstairs. You enter the room that you've got with uh that you've got from this place. Uh, offer Olivia Pasarak a seat. She sits down and she says, "It is good to see you again." Good to see you too. I assume everything went well in the Crypt Garden Forest. We've we've managed to uh, kill the rot demon, so that's always. It's a good step in the right direction. It'll take some time for the garden to heal, but uh, but Amphail is safe. But it seems like you're done with Amphail. Yes. As I said, the, the reasons that I came to Amphail proved to be not the right reasons. And that was not a good place for my family to be. My father has gone back to Neverwinter to... Uh, be with the rest of our family, and I have returned here to Waterdeep to see to our affairs here. Although I'm trying to keep things simple, it's it's been it's been very complicated the last couple of years. So, but you you summoned me, and I was curious. And uh, hearing that I summoned you, like I I'm surprised you knew to meet me here. Like I just asked Jonathan to let you know that you know I wanted to. See- to see you, but um, I don't know that. And then I pause. I say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I'm going to be honest. Like you've had enough of me tiptoeing around the truth. I think we deserve to be frank with each other. I, I wanted to see you. I wanted to see how you were doing. I have to find a new purpose now. The last couple of years have all been about revenge, and what happened in Enfail, and and what your you and your friends did opened my eyes to some of the the wrongs that I was committing, even if it wasn't my intent. But now I have to find something else to focus on instead of... instead of things that lead down dark paths. And certainly it's been difficult. But 
there is a festival coming up and there is there is time. I am in a fortunate position. You mentioned being a noble yourself. I don't know where exactly you come from and what your customs are, but I am in a position where I have the resources to choose my own fate. I am not lacking for funds, so it behooves me to find something useful to do. How about you? You've found yourself back here in Waterdeep for any specific reason? Are you here for the festival? I'm here for a couple of reasons. I didn't even know about the festival, full disclosure. I said I'd find you, and I did. But then also, my party's here. Jonathan actually joined the uh, this guild of magicians. I think they're called the Slam Dance Cosmopolis, something like that. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me. My, my, uh, my common fails me from time to time. I love you so much! But... <laughs> I've been called many things, godpawn, mercenary, adventurer, and it seems like, small picture, I'm here on business with, uh, on all things, a foosball game led me to, to to do adventure in the Undermountain, but big picture, let me be frank with you, I'm here from my kingdom on a mission of exploration, but also of reconnaissance. Like, we want to know about as much about Faerun as possible. And part of that is exploring, getting into adventures, scrapping around, and seeing if there's a chance to build a larger relationship over over time with this land. Interesting take for a ruler to have. Normally, they send vassals or emissaries, but to actually come and just explore, that's a, an interesting way of getting to know a people. I can, I, I, I can admire that. Is dangerous though. Don't you don't you worry that if something were to go wrong, if you were to be discovered, that you would be hunted, assassinated? There are always risks with everything. But in order to be a ruler, and one day I will be the ruler of Pekanum, you need to be able to face risks head on. You face far greater challenges than the occasional assassin. So it's sort of a proving ground. You the mandate of Glenmar exists primarily to sort of show that, hey, this person deserves to run a kingdom that has ru- ruled for thousands of years. I must admit that I don't know much about Prakhanum, but maybe maybe you could tell me a little bit more as as we get to know each other. As it seems like it seems like that has been your intent. Unless you you did have something to ask of me. And she gives you kind of this curious open look, like She's she's dropped a little bit of the formality and is is kind of just curious. So I don't know the customs here. Every place I go to is different. And I'm I'm as I say, I'm in a process of learning. Would you be well, let's start here. Would you be interested in or need or want an escort for this heart for this festival? And her eyes widen a little bit and she says, That that's actually Fairly perfect. Are are you familiar with the Feast of the Moon? Do you know what what customs happen here? Has anyone told you? The moon, you say? That that sounds intriguing. Tell me more. So the moon is a, a fairly large event that happens every year uh, all across this land. It's it's only in a couple of days, and as as a noble, especially as someone who has recently returned to the city, it is very important that I participate because. At the feast, it is it is a time in where we honor our dead and celebrate those that have come before us and tell stories of their adventures. It is both a, a time for reflection as well as celebration. And as a noble in the city, it is important that 
my lineage be reaffirmed. There are those who, those in the city, heralds specifically, who speak the words of those who are nobles and recount the history of the, of the major houses. And the Passoraks have been gone from Waterdeep for a little while because of what I've been trying to do. But coming back, it is very important that we put on our own celebration and have someone come to recant my house. There are always those who would see those festivals as a time to cause mischief and strife. And while my intent was to keep our Feast of the Moon small and demure, it certainly would be helpful to have powerful people around to help keep the peace. Do you think... I don't know if you were asking me to a social gathering, and now I am asking you to work for me, but maybe it can be a little bit of both? I've I've never known better than to mix business and pleasure. <laughs> well, the the feast of the moon is in three days. To, today is the the twenty eighth. So we've we've still got a couple of days to figure things out. As I said, we're trying to keep our our party small and easily managed. Something d- demure, fitting our new re- newly returned status to Waterdeep. So ask your friends if they would be interested. My my hope is with a couple of armed fate changes around that between you and some of my own personal gods, anyone looking to knock down a reaffirmed house would would be dissuaded. And certainly your your friends would be well compensated. There's no such thing as a small, nice party. I say, immediately regretting it, thinking, God, I'm so awkward. <laughs> Why am I so bad at this? Aww. <laughs> You say that, but Olivia Passerak smiles, and it's kind of the first genuine smile you've seen out of her in, in in this whole conversation, and certainly in all the times that you've known her. And she smiles, and she looks down, she looks back up at you and says, I would agree. That could be fun. Ask your friends. I will. If they're not amenable, then certainly you would be welcome. I'll be there. Shadow will be there, too. Isn't that right, Shadow? And Shadow, who had been being a... a bear rug on the floor after he had come back with Bernie. He kind of looks up and looks at you and you hear his stomach growl <clears throat> as he goes, hmm. Oh, well, as you see, I have people, beings I'm responsible for. I, I should probably feed him. I don't suppose I could convince a, a lady of Waterdeep to, to join us for, for dinner, for supper. She stands and kind of brushes herself off. Uh, you do notice as she's standing that she she is armed. She's got daggers and she's got her, her leathers and everything. But she stands with the grace of a noblewoman and says, I am I'm grateful for your your invitation, but I, I think your friends had other people downstairs. And so I, I will leave you to that conversation. But certainly we should talk again. Again, and she pulls out a piece of paper and writes, grabs a quill from your desk and writes down the address of her estate and says, "This, this is where uh, our new estate is. It is small, definitely. See if you can come by in the next day or so and bring your friends, and we'll see what we can work out." I'll, I'll be there, and you forgive me for getting my friends downstairs. Um, I know this sounds cheesy, but I kind of forgot about them the second you came through the door. And she gives a small smile and says, well, 
they seem like good people who you care about and they care about you, but Oh no no no, not my friend friends. Oh Harold Green is I they're they're my family. I meant my my associates downstairs, the one I introduced you to. Tricky business, state secrets, all all very tiresome. I'll I'll bore you with the details one day, but duty calls. We are both very well aware that if you're a noble, there are things that you must keep close to the chest. But I will say, while it is good to see all of you again, I came because your invitation intrigued me. Well, it's high praise to be called intriguing by Olivia Passerac. Oh, you think too highly of me, Travancore. Wait until you know more about me. Maybe I'll be less interesting. But I should let you go and feed your bear. And Shadow has now stood up and has moved over to your side and you hear his stomach. <laughs> before before she leaves, I, I sort of take her hand and I kiss it. As is the way of nobles of Reconnaissance. You you remember doing that in Amphail, and you remember it was super awkward, but uh, you got the sense that it was super awkward because she's not that kind of woman. This time, it's as if she expects it, and so she lets it happen. And then as you go to let go of her hand after kissing it, she turns and grabs your arm in kind of a more traditional handshake, but, you know, arms clasped as equals handshake. And as she she takes your arm and she says... It was good to see you. I will I will see you soon. And then she leaves. As she walks downstairs, Travancore, I don't know if you follow her or do you stay in the room? Um I kinda just collapse on the bed, having just enough like self like awareness to know that following around like a puppy dog might not be a good look for the Viceroy of Glenmar. So playing it much like a teenager would, I kind of just like plump on the bed and, and let out a little bit of a sigh. And I, as I have the, uh, the, the, the number, like, or house address in my, in my hand, I'm like, and I think to myself, how about them apples? <laughs> and Shadow comes walking on over to you and sniffs the note and then sniffs you and then lays. So you're like plopped on the bed and he puts his head <laughs> on your chest and is kind of giving you an interesting look like, ah, that was kind of interesting. And then his stomach growls. Ah, that was kind of interesting. His stomach growls again. Yes. And you can tell that he's like, he's interested in whatever you're thinking about, but he's also super hungry. Yes, yes. The the affairs of Faerun humans and Perconum half-elves don't factor in much to the to the hunger. Don't stop the hunger of a, of a black bear. Come on, let's, let's go mm. eat, buddy. And he quickly gets up and it's it's been now a minute or two. And so as you guys, as you come downstairs, we'll... Before you come downstairs, we'll go back to everybody else. No, who, they can come downstairs. Um, they yes. can come downstairs right now. Please. You guys haven't talked. We so, Josto- got a plan, Lauren. Let him come down the stairs. <laughs> all right. Well, so basically, we've just been, been drinking awkward- with Joster is all we've been doing. Yeah, so for the last, like, 15 minutes, as this conversation's been going on, and as eventually Olivia Passerat comes down, and then a couple minutes later, Travancore comes down, Joster and Brun are desperately trying to talk to no, you about things. No, they're eating waffles with us and drinking. We've invited well, them. Well, yeah, but they're also, like, they keep trying to bring up what had happened down but under the bloody fist. But we can't talk about that. Like, we chat told with- them, we said, like, let's just have some waffles. Let's and, have some and drinks. Ale, and, and ale. And ale. And, and let's <laughs> oh my wait God. until wait our for whole Jack, party is here. Core. I tell him, I say, look, this isn't going to take a long time. If you know <laughs> what I mean. 
I, I come down, everyone's wasted. It's RVBTO 2006 all over again. Wait, Jackie, come down. comes downstairs. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because one thing is going to happen. Joster is going to give Bernie a calculating look, and he's going to say, What, are you setting up a blind date with this one? Oh, my friend. This has been in the works for a long time. And if he dies, it will be almost as good as if he lives. My money is on him dying. <laughs> and I slip five gold over to Bernie and say, he dies. And Bernie says, take that bet he lives. All right. You got a bet. And Joster continues to look at you, Bernie, and says, you're a bunch of sneaky bastards, aren't you? You, you, you have to play with a, a person's life like that. Like, friend, I just killed a rot demon in the middle of some woods that I'd been in for like a year. I don't know. This is fine. All right. At this point, Olivia Passerak comes down. She sees you sitting at the table and nods to the three we of you. We give her a nod. Like, we go, mm-hmm. I go, hi. You want waffles? We have maple booze. She she just kind of gives you a small smiling nod, but she's intentionally like, uh-huh, I'm leaving now. Like, it doesn't matter what you say. She's just saying hi you and know, leaving. You <laughs> If I had killed someone, I'd leave as quickly as possible. That if I killed someone, I'd mine. leave out the window. Oh. Ah, did you see her daggers? They're, they they haven't even been pulled out in the last couple of minutes. I don't think she's... Unless she's strangled Travancore, and in that case, well, then we're, we're a little more worried about your friend than we should be. Well, or, or she's got a second set of teeth. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I just got it. <laughs> Joster Damn. gives you another look and then intentionally moves his chair a little further away from Bernie <laughs> and looks over at Brun. And uh, what languages do you guys speak? I speak Dwarvish and Orcish. Uh, common, common and, and Draconic. Am I back at this point or no? You're about to come back, but one thing is going to happen. Before I do, okay. He says something to Brun that none of you understand. And Brun laughs. And then Travancore comes downstairs. Hey! We all start clapping for Travancore. We, yeah! yeah! Jo- yeah! Jonathan the Magic Muscular like stands up and like, Ugh! oh, hey, oh, fuck, I lost my five gold. Yeah, well played, Bernie. Okay. You're alive. Ignoring this. <laughs> and I just, yeah. And in time. Yeah, guys, I'm alive. A little tired. Better than intact. Was there was there a combat encounter? <laughs> a social encounter? There was an invitation. And let's leave it at that. And I smile. And Joster uh, indicates an empty chair uh, that he's pulled up. Although he seems to have intentionally moved and put the empty chair between him and Bernie. <laughs> and he says, well, I... I don't know what you and your noblewoman were talking about, but we've we've got some other information. And your friends, they seemed to be only interested in waiting for you to come on down. So you must be super important. Are you actually the leader of this group or something? <laughs> There's no leader of this structure. I think we're a largely leaderless structure. Insofar as we need direction, it generally comes from Jonathan. But I feel like Bernie is also our social moral compass. I lead things. Then- I lead out. And then... And then Carlton's like our, our savant. Like, he is uncommonly good at things he has no business being good at. <laughs> so, I'm a noble. I'm from Bacanum. Like, if there's Bacanum specific stuff, I guess I'm the person to be talking to. He's very good at apples. 
That's also true. I don't know why that came with a wink. (laughs) (laughs) Damn apples. I don't know know exactly what apples mean, but and I thought I knew all of the weird cold phrases around here. Uh, Speaking of Prakanam, I I wanted to talk to you about that. So so you're from there, right? That's right. Mm, that's, That's interesting. Do your people often come over on this side of, of the water? It's it's very rare. At first, I thought I was the first person to come over. Apparently, there have been others, but it's a, it's a rare occurrence, few and far between. Interesting, because... So, I'm associated with a lot of people who are very interested in some goings-on that's under the bloody fist. And I, I, I know Brun. I didn't know that where I had been sent to explore was the same place that connected to where he was sent to explore. But I was specifically looking for some tunnels that were leading down below uh, to be able to find a bunch of stuff that got stolen. There seems to be a bunch of things going on in the Undermountain now that now that the old Thieves Guild is gone, and now that the Eye is gone, and now that they've all dove deep below we've, what is the we've got some other stuff oh you're you're not you're not familiar with the old thieves guild are you no Carl, mm. who was raised by wolves so be nice because he's not familiar with a lot of things that's okay sometimes it's good to have a new perspective on stuff <laughs> i am really good everything. at things i have no business of being good at fuck <laughs> How many beers have you had? We had maple Actually, let me ask that in character. How many beers have you had? Uh, uh, let's see. Barkeep, how many beers did I have? I have perfect <laughs> memory. You have had... Roll a history check. You have had... Roll a history check. A Who mirror him? pie amount. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> as he tries to remember how many beers that the two of you have had. Uh, that is a 20... Should I roll a disadvantage because he's very drunk? No, why are you giving yourself disadvantage? I've factored that into the okay. DC. So 21? Uh, 23. Yeah, you perfectly remember he's had five of them. You don't remember how many you've had, though. I, you, have had this many. And he holds up his hand, and he's like, that many. That, that many. I have had variable. <laughs> <laughs> And Brun Millie laughs and says, ah, if you can't remember how many you've had, then you've had the right amount. And it's only been a couple of minutes. You've been pounding them back pretty it's fast. It's been a long I was kind morning. Of impressed. Yeah, it's been a long couple of weeks. Uh, Joster speaks up again and says, all right, so here's, here's the long and the short of it. There used to be this old thieves guild run by this crazy beholder known as Xanathar. And it was, well, let's just say, not the, the nicest I thing. I thought he had like this guy to everything, aren't. doesn't he? Uh, he thinks he does, but you never know. Anyway, he got finally ousted and he's he's... Not necessarily gone, but he kept going deeper and deeper into uh, the, the the depths below the Undermountain. And we think he took him and his crew and his drow and they've gone way down deep. And they're mostly dealing with the slave trade now. It's not something that anyone wants the to deal what? with. But he's the slave trade. Most, most He used to do a lot of work with drow and they, they liked to mm, slaves. Dirty business. Anyway, since he's been gone, there's been this vacuum that maybe some of my associates, like Bron Millie, have been trying to exploit. Wait. Which is, I think, where you came Bron in. Bron Millie. Yeah. I didn't know you were an astronaut. 
<laughs> is does that mean the kind of people who go digging down below stuff? I don't know if I know what that means. Bernie's come up with a new slang for members of the Thieves Guild because they're the moon pick. <laughs> and Brian Millie has no idea you, what you're talking you about. Like, He's uh, you this- do like moon travel things. Nah, we don't go to saloons tears. That'd be weird. And he looks up. And then Joster elbows him and says, anyway. Like Joster's an astronaut. I don't know if that word means what you think it means. I don't know if it anyway. means what you think it means. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to be very careful about what you call do things. Do you guys speak Gnomish? Like, do you know? Bernie, go ahead and roll an insight check. Well, Gnomish, it could, no, it could be a Gnomish word. Right. Yeah. I got a natural 20 on that insight, bitches. Ooh, drink. Drink. Time for some nomenclature. 25. Astronaut is now a gnomish word. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of liquor. You know, (laughs) Jack, a.k.a. Travancore, for the gnomish-clature pun, and since I'm not probably casting Fireball this session, here we go. I'm helping! (laughs) Bernie. As you make these jokes and everybody is laughing around you and you guys are having a good time and you take a swig and then you look back over at this halfling who you suddenly realize like he's been nursing his drink this whole time. He hasn't really, he's had a couple of sips, but that's about it. And he's giving you a very intense look as he makes this, this comment about being careful about what you say. And a weird shiver runs up your spine and you realize that not only is he giving you a very serious look, one of his hands has moved to the side where his weapons are. He gives you this look and then he looks over at everybody else who's laughing and he says, but you know, that's, that's, we can talk about this later. You guys are having fun. Everybody's been having fun. Travancore is here. Did you want to get something to drink? We were apparently celebrating. You guys are going back with Brun to do some more uh, spelunking, I guess it is. And Brun says, yeah, you know, you guys didn't, I guess you didn't find anything. You didn't find like a, we found a cache him. of anything. We found your friend. And, and I appreciate it. Uh, I I certainly do. And he, uh, at this point, the food, more food has arrived and he's digging on in. And Brun says, well, so uh, my, my friend here that you found, he says that there there's like drow floating around and apparently they're looking for this weapon cache too. And there might be some more shit going on down there. So if you're, if you're planning on going down again, you want to be really careful. Were there weapons when we found, uh, when we found Joster? Did we find, like, was Joster in a weapons cache or was he just in a room? He was just in a room with what looked like the remains of, like, a storeroom. And I don't know if you took too close of a look around, but there were, like, a couple of boxes and barrels that were half destroyed that he had moved to be a barricade. But you didn't see any weapons or anything in there. I would like to roll an insight check on these, too, because my, my, my Travancore sense is tingling. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll an insight. Hey. Detective Travancore has too many drinks. You see, he inv- no, no. Detective Travancore investigates. He clearly says that every time. Insight's a whole nother skill. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you've just come on down, so you haven't had quite so many drinks. Uh, you see a weird look pass between Joster and Bernie, but you don't really, they don't seem to be, you know, are, are you trying to see if they lie? Or, like, you don't get any weird vibes. You just notice this peculiar look. I mean. And you notice Bernie, like, 
back off just a second. I I want to get a sense as to I I have a feeling they're holding something back, but like even an eight, I can figure that much out. I would imagine, but like I want to see specifically whether that thing is a threat to us, either indirectly or directly. The the two of them don't seem to be threatening at all. Okay. Like, they're still sitting there eating and drinking. They still um, are having this conversation. At one point, he, Joster had tried to talk to you about Perkanum, but then it seems like they've kind of waved it off and they're just having some fun. And and Brun has just come back with, you know, well, so are you guys going to go back tomorrow? Do you, do you wanna, do you, did you want us to go back tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, we're still hoping that you're going to find this cache of, of weapons that are down there. And now that uh, I, I had a chance to talk with Joster, he seems to think that that what we think is true that you know because they're looking for the same thing they're they're actually looking for a whole bunch more uh if you if you want to go super deep but you know i'm just looking for like the cash that's close by i don't know if you want to go as deep as he wants you guys is to go. joster coming with us are you coming with us joster are you gonna come with us oh no i i i've been down there enough i i I gotta go talk to a couple people, and I've, I think I've got other things to do, so no, I'm not really interested in doing a lot more of that spelunking. Not when there's drow down there, not when there's kobolds, and not when there's dragons. I'm not really that interested. Wait, 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 wait. Dragons? And he starts to drink again. Um, dragons? Fred, uh, uh, did you say dragons? Yeah, that's... So that's kind of what I was down there for. We were looking at a, a different entrance. I, I was kind of doing the same thing you guys were apparently doing, but from a different location. And I got caught in a, in a cave-in behind me, and I couldn't go back the way I came. And then encountered all these drow and had to had to run. Because, you know, that's apparently what drow do. They just try to kill anybody who doesn't look like a drow. Because, you know, screw unto them. Alamaraj ass. Who knows what they want. Anyway... I was down there specifically because, well, we were supposed to be getting a whole bunch of weapons from someone that we had bought them from, and our our people got ambushed by a whole bunch of kobolds and a cave dragon. And so we think, deep down below where you guys were a little bit, but a couple of levels lower, there must be a, a new dragon that's moved on in that's taken over. It's got a little army of kobolds and it's decided that it's starting to have a horde. So now that I know that where it isn't, I gotta go back, tell my employers where we, we need to keep looking. Once once we can find where this thing is, we can hopefully take it out. Uh, it seems to be rather new, so we don't know how old it is, but we don't know why the drow are there. We don't know what they were doing there. So we gotta get that figured out, too. But apparently there's more going on down down below than we thought. That's interesting how much would your employers pay for this kind of information well for what kind of information so far i've just told you a whole bunch of stuff well yes but you also just told me all these things are still alive well yes how, how much? Uh, you know you saved you saved my, my my bacon down there and i thought it was only uh if you were planning on going on down for my friend brun i thought it was only fair that in recompense for helping me get out of a sticky situation, that they at least warn you if you're going on down there. There's there's more there than a couple of undead and some flaming skulls. V- very yeah. true. Yeah. But like, no, that our line of argument's not going to work on you. As soon as Dragon was mentioned, Jonathan the Magimuscular sobers up just a little bit. It's like, well, I guess it's good we came back to recuperate because we're, if there's a dragon down there, we're going to need everything. And, um... He is going to burn his 
I was about to say, I, I thought you said that you didn't have anything I have, left. I think I have my fourth level spell left, and that's it. Oh, I have a fourth level spell and two level one spells. Uh, yeah, not much. So he, Jonathan the Magimuscular is, has something he wants to say to everyone who's not Joster and Brune. Uh, so he is gonna, he is gonna wait until they go up and use the loo or when we're done to bring it up. I just don't want to, Jonathan, the actual person just drank a uh, glass of Sutter home really fast. So he doesn't want to forget. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I, why are you telling us this information? If, you know, okay. Well, now that now that he has reminded himself by saying it out loud. Anyway, Joster gives you all this information, and, and he's finishing up eating, and says, "So I, and I don't know if you're if you're still planning on going on down there. I wish you the best of luck. Certainly, if you do find the." Uh, the cash that you're that we're talking about, not just the stuff that that he wanted. Then you let you let Brun know. He'll let me know. I I might have uh some more suppliers for you. And Brun says, "Hey, wait a second. No, I I was trying to get that stuff so that I could resell it." And Joster looks at him and says, oh, "We'll talk about that. Maybe my buyer will off buy it off of you because there there were a couple things they were kind of interested in." That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You know a nice crazy old lady. I know way too many crazy old ladies. I, Who are you talking about in specific? It got erased. <laughs> My okay. crazy old lady. If you're talking your specific crazy old lady, it's um her name. <laughs> Hold on. Um I've got it here. Farah. Her name is Farah. The name doesn't ring a bell. Last name might be Fawcett. You don't know. She introduced herself as Farah. Why? Is there something going on with this crazy lady? Oh, uh, maybe. I think she thinks you're trying to kill her. No, I don't even know who she is. So, I mean, maybe I am, and I just don't know who she is yet. But I'm not in the assassinating business. That's, uh, I'll, I'll kill stuff coming after me, and I'll defend myself, and I'll, I'll go after all the creepy crawlies that are down there, but nah, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not an assassin. I'm not a killer. Tire out that sort of thing, yeah. No, no, we're not into... My employers are more into the buying and selling of goods, that kind of thing. Murder is... Murder, that's... That's a whole other business. That's why the old Thieves Guild got gotten rid of. Once you start getting into things like slavery and murder and... Oh, none of that. People people can't forgive that kind of thing, and that's, that's a messy business. True, true. Very true. Brun claps his hands together and kind of wipes himself off from the waffles and says, well, if you, if you're coming back tomorrow, I'll make sure that the door is open for you, but uh, I gotta, I gotta get going. And Joster stands up and kind of claps him on the back and says, I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you around once I, once I talk to a couple of people. And then he looks over at you, Travancore, and says, oh, would you like to walk me out? I've got a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. All right. You mind if my, uh, my bear tags along? Yeah, sure. What's well, a bear to me, right? <laughs> and he starts walking out. All right, I I walk out with Shadow. Okay, he's he's just basically casually chatting with you as you leave, but he keeps his voice fairly low, and he says, "So from Prakanam, I hear. So I think you might be interested in some of the stuff that we're also looking for." I'm listening. Well, I think we we talked about it. So uh, you are a little familiar with something called Istolgal and Vorfindel. Yes. Uh, those were two of the things that were in the stash that got taken. And 
I know you probably have your own reasons to go after those things, and so I'll understand if you decide to, to not offer it back. But I will say this. My employers, they spent a lot of money, and they'd be willing to pay a good sum to get them back. Let me say this as clearly as I can. Berkhanum State Property is the property of the Kingdom Berkhanum, and no one else, no matter how much they spend on it. And if your employers have an issue with that, they can take it up with me directly. And they might, but... There's a fine line between starting a, a war over something and doing a friendly business thing. I'm just offering you a line of people who might be interested in buying something off of you if you decide that you don't want it yourself. That's I, all I'm saying. I understand. Is there anything else? Uh, no, I guess not. Goodbye, Travancore. You have yourself a good night. Yeah. And he weaves, waves at all of you and he leaves. All right. I, uh, I head back in with Shadow. And I settle up to the team. I, 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 I take a look around, and I, I don't know that the information I have to part will will be heard, given how long I've gone and how drunk the party has gotten. So I think to myself, I'll tell them in the morning. All right, Travis. And, and you get drunk, too. Well, it seems like that's happening. Hey, bartender, let me get a, let me get a cider. And a fresh round of drinks are brought around. As the evening draws to a close and you guys are getting ready to um, retire for the evening, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, Jonathan wanted to yeah, say something. As soon as we're, it's just us at the table, Jonathan the Match Muscular, having sobered up a bit after the dragon talk, is it says, all right, guys, uh, oh, oh, we may have some other stuff to do down in the uh, Undermountain anyway. Uh, I talked to Aras Zick. Uh, one of the masters at the uh, at the Watchful Order, and he may be sending a team to seal those portals. And I volunteered us as sort of a escort, and for me to kind of learn learn that magic a bit. So we might be able to get double paid for heading down there tomorrow. He said he would get back to me, but that is another thing that we can do while we're down there. Okay, I like double paid, but should we wait until he tells you? Pro yeah, we probably should because we do we want to go down there for one trip and it didn't sound like anyone was in a hurry. The only thing we might lose is if the if these drow are scouring the tunnels, they may beat us to anything down there. So that's a consideration. Well, I mean, I imagine that they're going to tread a little more carefully now given given us given that we've murdered a bunch of them oh yeah yes. i smashed their face oh i burned the fuck out of them <laughs> oh their face goes smash 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 yeah smash, um smash. smash 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 i do need to keep this date with this crazy old lady because uh god sleepy time drunk yeah maybe tomorrow might be a wash but let's let's see what happens yeah oh so uh so olivia passerak wants to hire us uh, olivia passerak wants to wants to hire us what for? There's this Harvest of the Moon Festival. Um, well, triple pay. This is just business. This part's business. She's she's a lord, a lady of Waterdeep. I'm pretty sure the pay will be commensurate to our efforts. Um, yeah, there's a Festival of the Moon coming up. Looks like she could use a little bit of backup. You know, she's reestablishing herself here in Waterdeep. I, I don't think she anticipates anything going wrong, but with our track record, something probably will go wrong, and we'll need to be there to pick up the slack. And she's doing well. She's adjusting. She's building a new life for herself, and I want to help her out. Well, all right. We'll help you hump her out. What? What was that? Trevancore considers these words and decides that 
his his skill to selectively ignore the words that Asparides has comes in very handy at this at this juncture. Also, I know where uh, where Justin lives and where he makes his class rings. Oh, you're the worst. You're the fucking worst. Wow. I didn't name him. Just saying. Uh, so if we need to to track him down for whatever reason, or if he's not on the up and up, and who could imagine that some member of the thieves guild wouldn't be hundred percent like legit with us? At least I know where he lives and where we can go if if, if it goes uh, sort of belly up. We've got options, yes. Yeah, always good to have options. Options are very good. I'm drunk and kind of worried about tomorrow, so good night. And stumble up her. Yeah, Bernie's gonna take Coco Snoot up and go to bed. Travancore thinks to stop Jonathan the Magic Muscular and ask him how how Olivia knew where to find her, but then he thinks to himself, "You know what? I don't." You already know the answer. Travancore has a good idea. Well, Jack, Jack already knows. Travancore has an idea, but he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna go back to bed and regret not eating that apple tart earlier and not have it as a late night snack. <laughs> All right, as you guys head up to bed to enjoy a long rest, we'll end there. And next time, apparently, more stuff is going to happen. There's there's a lot of threads to suddenly pull on. We've got, a, on. We've, got we've got quite the dance card, guys. I know. Yeah. yeah. You guys have unlocked all of the side quests in Waterdeep, apparently. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. But next time, we'll pull on some more of those threads. Uh, but let me give you some experience before we go. While there wasn't any fighting, there was a lot of talking that was going on for... Tattoos, which I must admit seem to have come out of nowhere, for uh, chatting with Aras Zik and uh, about a bunch of things, for all of the conversations that happened with Olivia Passerak and the and the gentlemen that were at the table, for uh, Travancore for a very successful stealth mission, including remembering the, the correct knock. I will give you guys a total of 750 experience to split between the four of you. And next time, we'll see when you pull on these threads what actually happened. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter. Welcome back to... Wait, where am I? What's this? Josh, we need you to record this promo clip, blah, blah, blah. You better do a good job or we are quitting your BS curse of straw nonsense. Well, uh, I'm not quite sure how to take that, but hey, everybody. I'm the current DM for Taking Initiative, a D&D 5e podcast. We're a bunch of goofs that love the game and wanted to share our play style at the table while still delivering a story you can enjoy and follow, even if you've never played the game before. We're Taking Initiative wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to thespark.network for all other info. A cassette tape? Montage for promo. A cassette tape? Really? Kent! Just the man I was looking for. I'm so clumsy today. (laughs) I'm going to tie the pants around his head so that he can't speak or see. It's our scene, Kent. It's our scene, Kent. Halflings in particular. Small, Mm. ugly, children-looking motherfuckers like yourself. (laughs) Castle Ravenloft's doors are always open to you.